pain and loss is real. And we're all going to experience it. And we're all going to go through times of, I don't understand why God. Why did this happen? Um, I went through this when uh, my pastor, Billy Joe Doherty, passed away at Victor Christian Center. And it was so shocking that members on the staff had to go through counseling for months afterwards, just trying to process why. And there's a very valuable um, lesson that came out of all of that heartache. And I want to share some of that with you today because I think there are ways of handling loss and pain and grief that are helpful. And then there are ways of processing that in, in a very unhelpful way that can make you angry and hard and, and bitter. Um, in Psalms 116.15, it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And when someone that loves Christ passes into eternity, it's a very beautiful thing. But the, the, pro, the problem is we're left behind. And I'm, I'm living this right now. My, my, uh, I had a family member who passed away end of April, May. Um, my father passed June 12th. And uh, we have now lost my father-in-law. So there's been three men in my family that I love, that I've lost. And, um, and I'm walking through that myself. And, uh, you know, you can do it healthy or you can do it unhealthy. Psalms 23 is one that we quote at funerals. And it's a beautiful scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for his, uh, for you are with me in that shadow of death, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That is authority presence, the, the rod or the staff that is God walking it out with you. And, um, and you know, when you're walking something out that it's painful, there's, there's two things that are going to happen. You're either going to run to God or you're going to run away from God. And you can process it either way. I can tell you from experience that those that process pain with God when they don't understand why, they come out of it on the other side with such growth and maturity and strength. And then there are those that just get mad at God and they get bitter and they don't understand and they shut down. I want to show you some things in scripture today that I, that I think will really help you. The first thing is don't let your whys take you away from God. Okay. There are going to be times you're not going to understand God, why is this happening to me? Lord, why? Well, we don't get to we don't get to answer those, but when we approach it with a childlike faith, he can begin to show us and maybe give us answers later. Um we see this in the life of the apostles, you know, later on. Um in Mark 16, starting in verse 10, going through down through about verse 18, Mary Magdalene is with the apostles and they're mourning and they're grieving. And mourning and grief is something that we're all going to do as Christians. And there's a healthy way to do it. Um, 
Matthew 5, 4 said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Okay. When you go to God in your pain, he can comfort you. If you turn your back on God, there is no comfort in that. And you're alone. And I can tell you from experience that the only place that really brings comfort is when you're in his presence. The problem is processing that in your head. I want you to look at this. This is interesting because the disciples experienced the same thing. Uh, she went and she told those who had been with him as they mourned and they wept. So here they, Jesus has died. They don't understand. They don't, they can't process what's going on. Their leader has been crucified and they're grieving. And when they heard that he is alive and that they, and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Okay, so here you've got these people. Okay, this is one of the most supernatural moments in human history. And guess what? They did not believe. They were mad. They were angry. And they were frustrated. And so what happened later on, look at this in verse 12. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and they went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they didn't believe those who had sent him after he had risen. And he said to them, and then after that, now this is really interesting, okay? He's rebuking them because they did not believe they didn't go to him and trust him. They, they tried to process what was happening in their natural reasoning without allowing God to teach them to trust when they don't understand. They're looking for a natural civil leader, not an eternal kingdom. They wanted somebody to kick the Romans out. They weren't looking for an eternity or an eternal king. They didn't get it. They didn't process it. It didn't make sense. We are all going to experience loss that we don't understand. Okay? It's all right. We've got it right here in, in Mark 16. Okay? But he continues to pursue them. He continues to try to make himself known to them. And then he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature who believes, he who is, believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them. So not only are they going to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but there's going to be spiritual fruit to show for it. You know, grief can mess up your perspective. It really can. I understand it. But if you, if you go to God and you go into his presence when your heart is breaking, then what happens is in, in that process, in that pain, he can make himself known in a way that, you, that is unimaginable. And in a place where you can bear much fruit. You know, Jesus says he'll never leave you or forsake you. Never. I'm always fascinated when I study things in history or I, I watch an interesting movie, especially about like World War II. And, and I watch people who have endured um, enormous pain. And I'm always 
inspired by what they endured and what they went through. My father-in-law was a raging, abusive alcoholic. And you know, we didn't understand why he did things in his life. We didn't understand uh, how he lived his life or why he was so violent. No one knew. And it wasn't until much later that uh, my mother-in-law passed that we began to get answers. Have you ever loved someone and you just don't know why they're doing what they're doing? Have you ever lived with someone with an addiction? And it's really easy to get mad at God. God, why won't they get set free? Well, I can tell you Robert's testimony is that he made a decision to get sober. And he lived for over 30, I think 35 years or more, free of his addiction. Uh, that is the great testimony that Robert gave his family. Now, there are reasons why people do things. That doesn't always mean that we're going to understand them, and we don't. And we didn't understand the fullness of Robert's story until later. But if you will trust him in the middle of your pain, oftentimes down the road you're going to get revelation and you're going to understand. You see, when Mary Magdalene saw Jesus and he was resurrected from the dead, it didn't necessarily make sense, but she worshipped him anyway. And then she went and told, he is alive. And when you talk about Jesus and when you talk about what he did, that, that's where his presence comes and that's where you're comforted. When you go to the Word of God and you study the Word of God and you're in pain, that's where your comfort comes from. When you listen to messages uh, that are encouraging and, and uplifting, in your pain, Jesus is in the midst of that. When you go to the piano or the guitar and you worship in the middle of your pain, that's where Jesus is. And that's where his presence comes. And that's where he gives you comfort that is beyond understanding. You know, I was thinking about my family and I, I, I love them dearly. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13 it says, But we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. The challenge now is to focus on the hope and to focus on the eternal prize that is ahead of us. We have an eternal prize. When you live eternity-minded, you live differently. Okay, I've got three people now in eternity that and, and I know that that eternity is real. Why? Because the word tells me it's real. I, I witnessed that in my spirit. I, I've, I've experienced supernatural things in the passing of my father that's unexplainable. It's holy. It's sacred. In the middle of that was my hope and the holiness. What are we challenged to do going forward when you lose someone? Focus on your hope, your eternal promise, and then walking in that holiness because in that is him. That's our reward is his presence. Our reward is to be with him forever. Our reward is to experience the glory of God for eternity. That is our reward. And when I think about Robert, I, I think about, um, you know, he made a decision in a difficult time to stay with his family. He made a decision to continue to 
stay with the family, even through the addiction and the alcoholism and the violence. He stayed. He, he could have left and he didn't. And then inevitably he made the decision to get sober. You know, our family, we run track. And uh, I love this portion of scripture because it talks about running your race. My father-in-law has run his race. And the question is, now, to the rest of us, is are we going to run ours? And I've made a decision in my heart at this point, especially in my life, that I want to run and I want to run hard. I want to finish my race. You know, um, we love track. And I had an opportunity to go see Haley Friesman run and try to qualify for state. An amazing um, uh track meet where they were, of course, in her relay passing the, the baton. And um, there's some amazing female athletes in my family. Renee ran, my daughter ran, Haley ran, um, and track is fun. But when you think about it, what would have happened if my niece would have passed her baton and then gone to the locker room to take a shower? I can tell you, oh my goodness, her daddy would have chewed her out a good one. Okay, when you run your race and you pass that baton, the next person carries it on. Okay, but you are in it mentally, emotionally, and spiritually while you watch the others carry that baton on. And that's what they're doing in heaven. They've passed the baton to us. And now we get to make the decision to run our leg of the race hard. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which would so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. As a family, we're going to run this race. We're going to finish our race. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the very right hand of God. You know, when we experience death and we do it with Jesus and we have hope and we're focusing on holiness, death has no sting. Why? It's just a pit stop to the next, to the next place. We're going into eternity. We have hope. We know that God is going to do something. If you're questioning God, if you're angry at God, listen, I can tell you the Friesman family had every reason to be mad and angry at God. Okay. There were things that were not fair. There were things that were not right. There were painful things that even now, even now we're only now starting to talk about because we're processing the pain. But I'm telling you, many of us, because of the goodness of God, because of the mercy of God, because of the supernatural favor that we have seen, we're going to finish this race. And God is going to get the glory for it. And not only do I want to run my race hard, but I want to pass my baton onto my children, and my children are going to pass it on to my grandsons and my granddaughters-to-be. They will come in Jesus' name. And my family will run this race with endurance through the, through the hurt, through the pain, through the disappointments, through the heartache. We will focus on Jesus. When you run that way for him, 
and you have hope in him and you trust him, you will see him do some of the most supernatural things. The passing of my father, the timing of the passing of my father was like a gift. It was like a, a, a kiss and embrace the Lord saying, I know, I know where you are. I know what you're experiencing. I know what's going on in your life. I know it hurts. I trust you and I'm giving you this gift of the timing of the passing of your father. I'm giving you the gift of the timing of the passing of your father-in-law. My family has had time up in hospice to process the pain and it has been glorious for them. It's allowed them to talk and heal. It's allowed them to go to Christ and to walk through the difficulty together. My, my word to you today is, what are you going to do with your baton in, in pain? You know, running track is not fun. You know, you can run and be in pain. You know, your legs and arms and, and, and uh, everything in your body can be excruciating. I was not a great runner. Let me tell you, I experienced a lot of pain. When you're running this race for God, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be moments of pain. But when you pass it on and you get to watch the next generation run it on, eventually there's going to be answers. He's going to explain to you the reason why. He's going to give you his presence, which will give you peace that passes all understanding. You can be you can you can be hurting and you can be experiencing grief and you can experience joy really in the middle of that grief and you would think that wouldn't be possible how can you be joyful you're joyful because your inheritance is him and your inheritance is eternity and your inheritance is his presence and in his presence is everything everything there isn't a problem that can't be solved by his presence that's my prayer for you today trust him in all things love him no matter what he is a good God and he will walk with you to the very end in Jesus name amen